folded up and we all left town. Nobody wants religion from a circus clown. It's like the tent folded up and we all left town. Nobody wants religion from a circus clown. It's like the tent folded up and we all left town. Nobody wants religion from a circus clown. It's like the tent folded up and we all left town. Nobody wants religion from a circus clown. Welcome to a special Halloween Wednesday night musical osmosis where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co host, calling in from Charm City, one of my best friends, Odell Norman. What's going on, man? <laughs> Nothing. Is it time after a year? It's it's going on a year now. Is it time for me to change that yeah. intro? No, I love it. <laughs> really? All right. Fair enough. Um, lurking in the shadows, as I said on the first hour, is the person that makes us all look good, and we'll edit this all down so we sound like we know what the hell we're doing. D, my amazing D, Maven Domestic. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> Always. I forgot to get a whole bunch of Halloween like sounds. So I guess I'm just gonna have to like insert crazy random evil laughs. Yeah, what happened? You were supposed to get a bunch of Halloween I sounds. I for forgot this show. all about it. I it but we'd be so distracted because every once in a while it'd be like <laughs> Yeah, true that. We've all been drinking, so we'd definitely be distracted. Um, who do we have coming up on the shows here in the next week or so? Well, Sunday, we have horror actor Deborah Lamb, and she's been in, like, a lot, like, a lot of stuff. Like, a lot. Like, I was looking on her IMDb. She's been on a lot. For a long time. I remember watching her in movies when I was a kid. Really? Yeah. She, yeah. Well, don't. Yeah, she's been out for a minute. You're, you're giving away her age, so shh. Um, and then. No, she started when she was two. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and then on November 9th, uh, we are going to have the writer and director of Heavy Metal Parking Lot, Mr. Jeff Crullin. Odell, have you seen Heavy Metal Parking Lot? Yeah. filmed right up the street from us. That's incredible, yeah. right? Yep, I know. Um, such a great uh, – uh, it's really good. It's, I, anybody listening, I highly recommend watching it. It is great. It is so good. Yes, I am excited about this show. Mm-hmm. But talking about being excited about shows – 
our pal Matt Geiler, who is an author, who is an artist, who is a competent songwriter and now freestyler, is on the line. So let's get Matt in here. Matt, what is up, my friend? Hey, how are you guys? Good to be with you. Good. Very good. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, man. It's been uh, it's been too long. I always love breaking it down with you guys. Yeah, and I got to tell you, man, I've been seeing, for those of you who aren't familiar yet with Matt, um, he has the video that everybody on this planet has seen, the Dancing Pumpkin video. It's the <laughs> 10 years. It's going on 10 years now. And I've been seeing that That's Dancing right. Pumpkin fucking popping up everywhere. It's making a huge comeback, right? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's a Halloween gift that will not that will not die. It's like beyond undead. Is that a lot for you to process that it keeps coming back? <laughs> no, I mean it's cool. I, lo- I love that. You know, it's kind of every year around this time, people. Uh, you know, there's definitely like a spike in people sharing the video, and of course, like now there's all. I mean, there's a bajillion mashups uh of it with different songs online and people sharing you know gifts and everything like that so it's cool man it, it brings it brings people a lot of joy it's kind of like uh i mean i don't know that it's to, to like charlie brown and the great pumpkin status yet but i mean 10 10 years is a good shelf life for for something that was just kind of a you know a, a, a off the cuff video to kill some time you know what i mean you are literally a live meme. And speaking of live memes, <laughs> right, that is a right. great segue to get Fern in here because she has been <laughs> trying to um, – she brought this up the other day, and this is why I wanted to bring this subject up. You were like, hey, when are you going to start live memeing again? Because over the summer, I was in a pirate outfit, and I live memed this woman at the bathroom, and it just tickled <laughs> me. It was pretty amazing. Dude, that was so ridiculous funny. Oh, my God. We went on a pirate cruise, and we all went to eat first and maybe had a few toddies beforehand. A few? few. Waiting for the bathroom, Nick just looked over at her, and he's like, that moment when you're waiting in line in bathroom with a pirate standing behind you. Or whatever. I forget exactly what you said. I looked over at this total random woman because we ate at this seafood restaurant, but you had to cut through the um, swimming pool area of this hotel to use the bathroom. So this woman is standing in line, like two or three people ahead of her for the ladies' room. I'm standing yeah. in line behind a couple guys, and just I look over at her, and there's like a tension there, right? Two strangers looking at each other. And I go, <laughs> that unsettling moment when you're waiting for the bathroom standing next to a pirate. And I was like, bam, live meme. Live meme. Best thing at first, was like, you've got to start live memeing everywhere you go. Dance, monkey, dance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had talked about making videos of that, too. Like, just being like, you know what? This summer we should just live meme people and make videos and put it up and just just make live memeing a thing. Yeah. I think it would be a big thing. We got too busy sure. making the website and getting drunk for that. So... Yeah, it's yeah. only so much, like, three people can do because we are all partners in this. Me, you, and... um. D, me, you, Fern, being you, and D. Uh, Matt, let me jump onto this subject here because this is going to be broadcasting archive-wise on Halloween as the Dancing yes, Pumpkin. Was Halloween a big deal to you as a kid, or was this just a thing that you did as a lark that caught on for the Halloween holiday? Well, I mean, I would be lying if I, if I said that Halloween wasn't a big thing, and as far as um, 
far as my family went, uh, particularly on my dad's side, Halloween was like the holiday. Um, I grew up, I grew up in rural Nebraska, uh, on a farm and every year my dad's, uh, my dad and his, and my grandfather would throw this enormous Halloween barn party in my grandparents' barn. About 200 people would come from around the countryside. And I mean, when I say this thing was like out of control, just to give you an idea, this old barn, uh, every year they would have a, a graveyard with new, with new and old, they keep adding gravestones to it. And it, it, the epitaphs were for people in the community. They were always humorous. And so this was like a big thing, like everybody wanted to get a gravestone in the graveyard. So they had this thing sprawled through half the upstairs of the barn. My dad built a 12-foot chute that emptied out into a, a maze, a labyrinth, that went out into the cornfield and then back into the barn. And like every hour they would drop somebody down the chute and have them try <laughs> to find their way back in. Uh, they had, you know, they had I mean, awesome. all the usual stuff too. Bobbing for apples. But yeah, it was, it was really a big, a big community thing. And so it was kind of like a highlight of the, of the harvest season out there. Oh. Nice. That, that is so awesome. Like, All I can picture wild. just being dropped down a slide, going like full tilt and then having to find my way back. That right. is, that's Fire like, I, Dude. I, uh, I dig <laughs> Halloween and that's like crazy. I just had the most epic makeup fail today. Cause you know, if you're going to wear makeup for Halloween, you got to practice first. Right. And I'm really glad oh, yeah. I did because I looked like friggin' B. Arthur and Tammy Faye Baker, like mashed into one. But yeah, don't Dude, be ragged on you... B. Arthur. B. Arthur's sexy. <laughs> yeah. She is a sexy beast. <laughs> no, I mean, dude, that sounds better. Like that sounds better than what they do at the ball farm. And the ball farm is where they had the prom. So that's like 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 the place. And that's I want to come to a party there. Do they still do those? Like for real, I you know, we want to go. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't think they still do them. I think the last one was probably I don't know. It was like seven or seven or eight years ago. But um, yeah, I mean, it was this. It was this big, big, huge thing. I mean, this this maze, by the way, this labyrinth was like, like my dad was on this trip with this thing. He didn't just make the labyrinth like the walls of it, you're, you're trying to find your way in the dark, right? But the walls, he built them so that like one or both walls would narrow in and then widen. So at some points in the labyrinth, you felt like the walls were closing in and the space was getting smaller. Nice. And diabolical. <laughs> That's awesome. It was, it was, yeah, it was borderline diabolical. And like, you know, it, it, like my family took it just serious enough so that some, some people would get to this thing and my dad would be like, Hey, uh, you know, does so-and-so from your family want me to drop them down into the, down the chute into the maze. And when they realized what the maze was and they heard like actual kind of screams and, and consternation coming from, from beneath the, from the base floor of the barn. I mean, people were like, what, what happens down there? You built this out into the cornfield. Like it was, it was kind of out of control. <laughs> It sounds like the next Saw movie to me. Like, I've never seen the Saw movies, but from what I understand about them, like, this could be, like, the next whole thing for a Saw movie. Saw like, means oh, yeah. wrong like, turn. Really creeped Meets out. Children of the Corn. 
Yeah, like go. Saw 19, the, the Halloween party goes awry. The Halloween party. Nice. <laughs> hey, Matt, before I forget, let me interject real quick here and kind of get us off topic. You yep, have just set a record with Tin Can Media. I have I really what what record is it? You have been the you are the only guest out of I I think I'm approaching 150 guests now. You're the only uh-huh. guest who have been on Ignorance Equation, Drunken Trivia, Kettle of Fish, and now Musical Osmosis. Woo-hoo! You have done the four oh, shows spread. <laughs> hey man, I mean as far, as far as career goals, I might I might as well retire now. It's it's time to just be like Johnny Carson, just retire to the ranch. <laughs> oh, that's it. Man, I, I'm honored. That's a great distinction, man. Thank you, thank you for having me on so many times. Yeah, D, we're gonna have to get like a little ribbon made for Matt and send it. We to will. Him. You know what? I'm the super crafty person, so I'm gonna have to find like a bunch of weird toys and trophy bits and hot glue <laughs> everything together and spray paint it all. And yeah, you're gonna get like a troll doll stuck to a potato. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Spray painted with <laughs> glitter. That's right. That sort of thing. <laughs> hey, Matt. By the way. Off track again, I just want to let you know my daughter loves your book. I gave it to her for her birthday, so I just wanted to give you props for that, man. I I, I, I have written a children's book, but I haven't been able to get the artwork off the ground and kind of get everything solidified. But I got to say, man, you've got to pour a lot of energy into doing something like that. Oh, yeah. Thank you, man. I'm glad that she enjoyed it. I mean, that's always the that's always like the real trial by fire is, is getting it into the hands of a of an actual, you know, reader of the age. So, you know, if the, if the little ones enjoy it, then that's a, that's a good sign. (laughs) You know, you've hit your target audience. That's for sure. All right, let's get back to the ghost stuff. Matt, do you have a ghost story for us? Cause I want to mix up some ghost stories for this special Halloween episode. Yeah, dude, I have, I, I have, I think what could be a great story for you. Um, and so should I just launch into it or what? Yeah, it. give us give us a setup, launch into it, make some eerie sound effects, whatever you're comfortable with. Okay, so here's here's the deal. I, as I mentioned before, I grew up on a farm, rural Nebraska, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, cornfields surrounding, you know, the the ten acre spread and all that. And um, a little bit of backstory going into my parents bought this old place uh, back in the late seventies. Uh, moved out to the country, wanted to raise my brother and and I out there, kind of this idyllic uh, country setting. And on the property were these old buildings. The property was uh, originally in 1876 was uh, the country residence of a guy named John Fitzgerald, who was a big Union Pacific Railroad guy. The railroad came west. Um, How did you learn this history? Did you learn it from your dad or go look it up after the fact? Uh, actually, my mom was kind of uh, it was kind of a passion of hers to find out the historical information of the place. So, you know, when we were growing up there, she was digging up this info. And um, when we were living there, the people who had lived in that rural community longer than us had always, you know, they would make jokes like, "Oh, you you bought the old uh, Fitzgerald place. Well, uh, you know, let us know if you." see anything weird up there and my my family is like the least you know superstitious kind of my, my mom's a journalist and Fitzgerald my is a perfect name right to have haunted history that's right <laughs> that's right it's a it's a perfect like uh something's gonna go down here 
Yeah, right. I mean, if their last name was like Katsouris, like mine, you'd be like, yeah, whatever. But Fitzgerald just sounds like proper and like antebellian and old school. Right. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so anyway, it's just, uh, it was kind of a good natured thing where people were like, uh, yeah, let us, you know, wink, wink, let us know if you see anything odd up there. So here's, here's where the story really unfolds is when I was in third grade, I was about eight years old, nine years old, uh, my dad was burning some trash out in the um, in the back of the acreage. The wind caught it. This old carriage house on the property caught fire, and pretty soon the place was just a blazing inferno. Huge country fire. Very, I mean, very threatening situation. Almost burned the house down. Uh, and after the are you growing fire, crops on this land? Let me just interject here because I want to get this in my mind. Are you like actually growing crops or? Raising no, we, farm we, animals? We had, we had the acreage, so there were no animals, no crops, because uh, my dad sold off the, the farmland to somebody else, so it was just this acreage that we that we grew up on. So, okay. Uh, no, nothing like that, but definitely like, you know, the house is in peril. And finally, after the fire department put the fire out, um, you know, we had, we had some family over to kind of help us clean up, and my aunt, my dad's sister came up to my dad afterwards. She says, Hey, who was the guy in the long black coat following you around all day? My dad's like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Who, what do you mean? Somebody following me around all day. And she's like, well, was he with the fire department? He seemed like he, he might've been with the fire department, but he was definitely like following you around. My dad's like, I don't, I have no idea what you're talking about, Karen. My mom, nobody else saw this except for my aunt. So we're just like, this is super weird, you know. And we made a joke out of it, like, oh, this Aunt Karen's, like, having <laughs> hallucinations and seeing things. So it kind of became this inside, this little family joke. Well, about three weeks after the fire, this old guy pulls up into the driveway. He uh, comes up to the house. My mom answers the door. He says, Hey, uh, my name is Kenneth Tao. Kenneth Tao was this guy's name. He said, I wanted to stop by because I was in the area and I heard there had been a fire at the Fitzgerald place. And I worked on this, I worked on this acreage as a, as a boy in the thirties when I was uh, wow. a, a young boy. And I wanted to come and see, yeah, he said, I wanted to come and see what the damage was and if any of the how if the house was still intact and my mom invited them in for coffee and they got to talking and, she, and during the course of their conversation she mentioned jokingly that my aunt Karen had seen this apparition or somebody that only she could see walking around and this is honest to god uh Kenneth Tao says to my mother did the figure that your that your aunt see, saw did he have a long black coat? Was he wearing a long black coat? And my mom was like, uh, "Yeah, actually, that's exactly how he was described." So this dude who who we don't know from Adam says, "I think there's something I should tell you." And then he relates a story of how when he worked on the farm in the 30s, he had been. Uh, he had been home alone one day while the family went into town and he had seen a similar figure walk through the entry of the house down the hall and then exit out onto the porch, a long black coat, 
uh, same description of this figure, and he said that I've, I've seen the same figure, and this was like, I don't know, I guess 50 or 60 years before the sighting of my, my aunt. Wow. And, um, yeah, and so he recounted how that figure would would periodically show up. He was like, I can I can connect you with other people who have seen him. Um, and so yeah, that's the uh, that's kind. Are of you the, not able to like go to bed after this stuff happens? Are you like freaked out for <laughs> weeks, or how are you well, dealing then, with this? I mean, as a ten year old, I'm like, oh, this place is haunted. Cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna go. You know, Peter Venkman on this, and we're gonna like do some uh-huh. ghost hunting. But the thing was, my, my like my brother and I never the whole time we were growing up there, we never experienced anything out of the ordinary. It was, but it was, but people did out there. I mean, my mom's friend who used to come to to babysit, or not babysit, but uh, house sit while we'd be out of town, regularly would call up my mom. She's like, uh, "Is it weird if I'm hearing laughter echoing across the?" the yard out by the barn is that something that normally happens when i'm like i don't i've never heard that you know so it was always these people it has to be menacing laughter though or it doesn't count yeah menacing laugh it was uh it was snickering laughter and then it was people it was the voice was like (laughs) i wouldn't wear that if i were you it can't be sarcastic (laughs) yeah so we had a we had a little haunted heartland kind of a formative experience out on the farm but yeah every, i mean we never we never thought it was weird it was just kind of enjoyable that all these people would be like oh my god there's strange things afoot at the fitzgerald place you know fern when you hear stories like this are you kind of open to every story you hear about ghosts or do you look at everything through kind of a skeptical lens well considering you know i feel things around me you know, like I feel stuff, like the story I told mm-hmm. earlier, you know, um, I don't really discount much of anything. I think that um, people who swear they see ghosts all the time and they're very passionate about it, I kind of actually call that into more question than people who say, you know what, I feel stuff and um, I've seen a few things, I've had weird things happen. I mean, I myself have had a lot of weird things happen, but I've learned to not be scared of it. That, you know, I I, I definitely believe it exists. And I think that mm. there's an ebb and flow to everything. And, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed. So I think that there's the possibility. And I, I give a lot of it credence. Um, but, you know, stories like that, like, really freak me out. Like, I don't want to see an apparition. I feel things, but I don't think I've ever seen anything yeah and I Matt's think that would freak me out a lot worse that's a master yeah. storyteller by the way <laughs> yeah i totally give that credence though. i mean you got people who have seen it 50 60 years ago to back it up and others to back it up i definitely would give that credence you know that's that's a very creepy spooky i don't know if i could sleep after seeing that to be honest yeah. with you i'd be one eye open and thinking the devil's <laughs> at my back you know I definitely believe yeah. all that stuff. I grew up in a haunted house, and the way that Matt describes it is perfect. Odell, do you have a horror story? I can't imagine there being a lot of um, haunted houses in Waldorf. That doesn't seem like something that happens. Well, well, actually, there's a lot of um, where where we lived. Um, I, I particularly don't have a horror story, but there's a lot of old folktale stories about houses down by where like Ben and I lived. So like there's like a house with shrunken heads. 
Um, they, and it was funny because they used to tell us these stories in, in middle school around Halloween time, all the folk stories, folklore stories that happened in Charles County. But we, we did have a few where I lived, but um, my story is based off of my dad's uh, upbringing. He was, um, he grew up in Bowling Green, Virginia, so sort of like Matt, he was in the country, like out there uh, across from like A.P. Hill and all that in, in, in Virginia, so it's just nothing but woods and and this is what, 30s, 40s? This is uh, my dad's 70s. Yeah, so this is in the 40s, uh, 50s when he was a kid. And um, mm-hmm. he used to, uh, uh, during those times, uh, you know, most of the family lived within range of each other. So a lot of times he would spend, he would go down to his uncle's house and do stuff and then come back in, in the evenings. And he used to tell me that, you know, they didn't have street lights or anything. Basically, was, the moon was so bright that you could just follow the river by the moonlight because it was just so dark that, back then. And um, But he said he would always be walking, and there was this wide-open field, and he, he could hear wrangling going on over there. And uh, so he'd walk and peek, and he would look over, and he would see ghosts of um, Civil War soldiers fighting in the field, mm. like horses, soldiers, just battling. And, um, and, so do and you believe little, him when he's telling these stories or are you just like, whatever, dad, you're just trying to spook. No, wait, well, when he first told me, I, I, well, when he was telling me initially, I was like, and I was little, so I was like, okay, maybe this isn't real. But he said for the longest time, he never told, um, like his mom or anything. He would just spread by that spot really fast and keep going. Um, and eventually one time he did it. And when he got home, um, uh, my grandmother was like, you know, why are you so out of breath all the time you come home? And he was like, and she was like, did you see the, the soldiers over mm. in the field? And he was like, what? And, and um, she was like, yeah, there's soldiers, the Civil War soldiers. They always fight over in that field. And apparently it, it, it was a thing. Like people on the, and it was a known thing, but no one was freaked out about it. It was like everybody knew that certain times around a certain time of the year that, they could hear fighting. They could hear swords clanging, horses wrangling. Mm. They just left it alone, and and, and that was that. And so, in the afterlife, just, you're was, kind of stuck in perpetual battle. Is that the whole like um, I, I theory so, of this? So, yeah, because you know, down in those areas, that's where a lot of fighting took place. So they were like, it's just probably some souls that just never that just got stuck, and um, you know, are staying here. But I was like, and he said it, and the thing that got me was that. He said it so nonchalantly. It wasn't like he was like once upon a time. He just told me the story like I'm talking to you right now. And I was just like, yeah. I, you know, I was like, did everybody do this? And he was like, everybody that I talked to because I didn't say anything. And But my mom knew that she noticed like every time I'd get, I'd come home winded and she was like, you must have saw the soldiers over there fighting. And I was, he was like, how did you know? It was the craziest thing. But my parents, um, they said there were stories like that all the time. Um, like growing up, they would hear stories like that, or people would see, um, wow, different spirits and stuff like that. And I was just like, oh my gosh! But they, yeah, it was a known thing over in that area at that time. Let um, me I've ask always, you this. No, oh, you said, I'm sorry. No, I've always wanted to make my way down there. I've never had the nerve <laughs> to drive oh, I'll down take a there. Stick with you, we definitely need to do that. Yeah, yeah, Dude, just to see on. what's going on. I'll be there any day of the week. I don't, I just. It's like know. when we get drunk at me, you and Ben always talked about finding like a midget town and going to <laughs> yeah. it. It's never happened. 
<laughs> oh my god see now stuff like that doesn't bother me because it's based on history so you know like whatever it is isn't malevolent it's just there it's like stuck in a time loop of some sort yeah. you yeah. know like, like Scatman the, Crothers told Danny in The Shining it's just right. little plays playing out yeah Matt, the yeah. stuff that gets me yeah. is like the freaky like malevolent possible you know you don't know what it is freaky stuff yeah let me hit this point with Matt because um, I touched on this before, but I really want to dig into this for a couple minutes here. Yeah. Inside Edition just published something about the Dancing pub, um, Pumpkin. And yes. I so here's what happened. This is what's bringing this to my attention. I Googled weird holiday Halloween traditions and Huffington uh-huh. Post pops up. That's the first thing on my feed. And it says eight weird things you didn't know about Halloween. And the first thing is, Originally, you had a dance for your treat, and we could go into a couple of these because a couple of these are awesome. And when I pull <laughs> it up, it's a gif of you dancing. Yes, yes. <laughs> Nick, Nick, we used to at work, and I and, and Matt, I work in in, in I work uh, in the intelligence field. But around Halloween, when we used to send notes out, we used to send your gifts as 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 on our end of our signature on our page. Just it was like the Halloween thing. So when Nick sent me and was like, hey, we're having, you know, and you, you know, uh, Matt on, and, and, and then he showed me the image. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have that. That's like in our system. That's like a known thing that was approved and good to go, and people used to post it on their stuff. So you're, you're yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So yeah. here's what I want to ask you, Matt. Like, 10 yeah. years has gone by. I mean, one, did you know this existed in this Huffington Post article? And two, when you're just cruising the internet and you just run across yourself, what is that like? Like, because there's no way you've seen every Matt Geiler thing out there on the internet that involves you. That's impossible. Because by this point, there's thousands of gifts everywhere about you. How, (laughs) like, what is that like to just randomly run across yourself when you Google something? I, it's it's great. I mean, it's not a it's it, it's you know it's not earth shattering, but it's uh it's just cool. I mean, I think it's it's a great thing that um you know people have shared it to the point where it's just this thing. So actually, I'm kind of I'm kind of now disassociated from it in in a bodily way. Like I don't look at that thing anymore, and I'm like. Wow, those were some. Those were still some great dance moves. I mean, I did a great thing. I, it, it's it's become so replicated now that it's like a, I don't know, it's like a T-shirt or something. Like yeah, like I originated it, but it's been shared so many times now that it's just kind of like, oh yeah, that's that's this thing that's out there in the ether, and I, I happen to be the body moving in it. <laughs> Well, let me tell you this weird story. And I told you this, um, Odell, at the little before party for Marianna's wedding, Marianna and Kevin's wedding. Yeah. I had recently got into a bunch of these weird, like, killing floor and, um, like, just these bizarre 70s psychedelic bands. And one of the bands I've gotten into is a band. It's not even a band. It's kind of like the Trent Reznor of his day. It's this guy named Moondog. And apparently it's kind of like Wesley Willis, like this guy is homeless, but he would go right. in 
and there's no lyrics. He would just play all this weird, fucked up psychedelic music. And I looked up his information, and he he released like three or four albums, and they sold like a hundred thousand copies a piece on vinyl back in the early uh-huh. late sixties, early seventies. But you go on the whole album YouTube video that has a whole album on it, and there's like six million hits. And this guy's been wow. dead for twenty years, thirty years, whatever. So he could never imagine that twenty years after his death, he would be more popular. Then he, when he was pumping out albums, trying to do it for a living, right? It's very basquette. It's very appreciated yeah. after your death. And yeah. I was telling Odell, and I'll tell you the same thing, Matt. Like, people are going to be playing that Dancing Pumpkin 100 years from now as a fucking hologram in their bedrooms. Like, kids are going to be playing <laughs> you, like, with some weird virtual reality hologram machine. And you're going to be dancing in kids' bedrooms in 100 years. I don't understand, as somebody who's a nobody and nobody will hear my voice after I die, I don't understand how you process that because you know that's going to happen, right? I, well, now that you have spun that awesome, awesome vision for the future, I, I pray that it does happen because... Uh, if it happened to Moondog, you- it'll happen to Dancing Pumpkin. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's an amazing idea. I mean, it'll happen. Somebody will pull it off the internet. They'll turn it into a hologram, like a holodeck Star Trek thing. And and at parties, people will be dancing with Matt Geiler 100 years from now, drinking their brain juice and hanging out on their hoverboards. (laughs) This is going to fucking happen. How do you process the idea 100 years after you're dead, people are going to be dancing to you? Oh, and special note to the audience, Nick is always right with this shit. Like I'm always right. Yeah, it's so you need ridiculous, to learn and I hate it sometimes. I'm and very prophetic on this he, stuff. He is. He. It's stupid how how good he is. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's just that. If that comes to pass, then that that kind of makes me kind of a kind of the Mozart of American Halloween traditions because I, you know, I did great art while I was alive, and only. Only after my death did it pass into the canon of of uh, of Halloween traditions. So that'll be good because people they'll dig and they'll be like, "We don't know much about Matt Geiler, but from what he left us, we we assume that he was." I don't think anyone a, will know your name. They'll just know the a twisted genius. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, why I've got this up, and I've been looking at you the whole time on this GIF while I've been talking to you, Matt. Let's talk about oh, eight weird <laughs> Halloween facts. Um, originally, you had a dance for your treat, and that's why you're up here. And I guess wow. they said back in Europe, the practice of mumming or guising, um, where beggars would actually go house to house and dance for money on Halloween. Mm. So you've oh, been wow. kind of woven into that folklore. Matt, how do you figure um, feel about that and all you other guys? That's an interesting little piece of history, right? That's awesome. But we should uh, we should we should bring that back and make that a requisite, you know? Because some of these people that show up for for treats are like, "Do I have to give you something? Can you give me one thing of value before I hand over the Snickers?" Right? They're like, no. Like they'll come to you. They'll come to your house in a t-shirt. And ripped jeans yeah. and a pillowcase or like a Walmart bag and be like, hey, candy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like from no. family ties. Right? And yeah, I'm like, no. Very, very just, just, no. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm going to tell you guys, if I had to dance for money or candy, I would be poor and starving because no. this girl does not dance well at all. She is good. So if People I had to dance for food or you money, I would be, first of all, I would be really skinny, which would be awesome, <laughs> but I'd probably be dead very soon because I would be out of money and out of food. <laughs> I think they would throw fruit and vegetables at us and it would be awesome. And then we would take said fruit and vegetables and make, like, prison wine and get really drunk, and then they'd throw money. Wow, Dee, you thought this through. I'm a little disturbed. You totally spun that to gold, didn't you? I did, didn't I? Totally. All right, the second one here. Halloween's origins are very Celtic, more so than even um, St. Patrick's Day. Actually, Halloween, a lot of its roots is in Sam Hain. Um, Fern, as somebody who partakes once in a while in the alcohol, does it surprise you that Sam Hain and Halloween, it really has its roots in Irish tradition? Um, no, but I think that's awesome because potatoes right now are a dollar forty nine for a five pound bag at Farm Fresh. So I, if I'm giving the kids potatoes, I can just say, "Hey, just get in touch with your Irish roots, man. Have a potato." I think that's a great way to skate out of candy for Halloween. That way, I don't yeah. eat it all. So you'll be the weird old woman that gives out potatoes. And they for Halloween. Throw them I would back give out I would window. give out airplane bottles of whiskey, but I don't think the parents would appreciate that. Plus, I want to drink that myself. No, no, no. See, here's so, what you're I'm supposed a to selfish. do. You give the kids toothbrushes and potatoes and whatever. Who cares? And you give the parent those little airplane bottles. I guarantee they'll come back yeah, to your house oh, they would every year. That. Every yeah, year they'll be back. Actually, most there of those parents are probably already have partaken yeah, in those airplane about, bottles trick or treating. Yeah, yeah. Six or seven houses in, you're looking for uh, you know a little shot of something. We'll definitely have to score points, <laughs> points with um, neighborhood watch. Right there. Yeah. All right, Matt, let me tell you about number three. People used to wear animal skulls, and it was a way for them, to, along with a sheet, they'd put an animal skull on their head, and it was a way for them to kind of commune with nature and to hide from evil spirits during Sam Hain. Pretty interesting, right? Awesome. Is that I mean, something you would ever do? Would you ever just wear an animal skull around for Halloween? Well, yeah, you know I would. Um, I I need little or no provocation to put things on my head. I, I feel like that's something I would do. That's just the quote on, of the night. On any any day, like if I just like if I found a bison skull on on a Tuesday in February, I feel like I'd I. I hope you wouldn't do that on Bastille Day. I hope you have more respect than to do that on Bastille. No, I, I won't. I wouldn't. I would never uh, sully the storming of the Bastille that way. That All holiday right. holds a cherished place in my heart, and I would never uh, disgrace it. D, um, Halloween used to be seen as a kind of Valentine's type day where fortune-telling games, you would see who you were going to marry and how many kids you were going to have. It was yes. kind of a romantic holiday. Well, I know you've got to get off on that idea, right? Well, and it's not so – I don't know that it's so much romantic per se, but because so much of the roots of it were – having to do with the harvest and Sam Hain, like the whole thing with the brooms, like that would the women who were able to have children would basically ride a broom like a hobby horse and run across the fields because they felt like that would help promote fertility in the soil. So things like bobbing for apples and any of the apple games that, you know, supposedly tell you your fortune or tell you who you're married, it's because that's when they harvest them. 
Like it was to celebrate mm-hmm. how much food you got and, you know, enjoy some of it, but at the same time, get it all done and get it off the trees and get it where it needs to go. So it's, it's all very, very earthy and Celtic and yeah, like everything. Like I know in a minute you're going to tell the story of the jack-o'-lantern and yeah, I'm um, saving that for last. Yeah. I like, I know all these stories. Yeah. I know them all. I know. Oh, I know you do. <laughs> Odell. Um, another great one is they used to fortune tell by reading the tops of cabbages. And there's a lot of places where cabbage, not candy, plays a big role in it. Would you be disappointed as a kid if you got a cabbage for Halloween? I would be pissed. I, I, I may even throw it back at the first. <laughs> that would be a household <laughs> egg. <laughs> I would of throw chickens at that house. Forget the too. eggs. When you're a kid, that's like the worst. Oh, my gosh. Cook it with the potatoes, man. Now, yeah, Fern, I, I'd, rather, I'd rather get a potato than a cabbage. Yeah, all of us would. Fern, this one made me think Set of me. you because your daughter, Chloe, has been working diligently. How much has she raised trying to get a cat out of the shelter? This is an incredible story. She has raised $114, and out of that 114 some of it was just, hey, help me save a cute kitten and people donating. But this past Sunday, she went to one of my neighbor's house. He said, look, come to my house, clean up my yard, my pine cones, my gumballs, and I'll pay you. And she went out there and worked for a few hours, cleaned up his backyard, and he gave her $55. Wow. And this is so a response 114-year-old, right? Uh, she's nine. That's what makes it incredible. Oh, wow. Nine years she's old. Nine. Awesome. Yep. And she wants to save a kitty from the SPCA shelter. I told her if we ever get another animal... It comes from the SVCA because we want to save a kitty. And she has, uh, she did this all on her own, made her sign, made her box. She's been out there diligently trying to collect money, working off, trying to get money. And she's $11 away. I mean, it's pretty impressive. I, I, I have been encouraging. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not fronting the difference. You need to go out and work for that last $11. <laughs> I'm waiting to see if she can do it. I'm waiting to see if she can do it. And if she can do it, then it'll be all hers, and it'll give her a sense of accomplishment. Of course, I'll help her out, but um, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna sit and wait and see how hard she pushes. She really wants it though, and she's done a bang up job. Well, one of the weird things on here is the SPCA used to actually stop selling black cats leading up to Halloween because a lot of kids were using them for sacrifices. And now they kind of have black cat specials where they're like, get a black cat for Halloween. And the um, director of the SPCA said, look, this isn't something that really happens a lot anymore. But I guess it was like something that was really um, prominent in the 80s and 90s. Kids would get black cats and sacrifice them. Have we come a long way where kids are no longer like stabbing black cats on Halloween, pretending they're witches and warlocks? Well, they can just do that in video games now, so they don't really have to do it. Yeah, who who functions in real life? No millennials in real life. You gotta go. All right, Matt. So there's a psychological study that says if you send kids out in costumes, in groups, as opposed to not in costumes and by themselves, they are more likely to steal candy when candy is left unattended. I feel like this is a waste of scientific dollars. It probably is, Nick. Um, I'm going to agree with you on that, although I have personally witnessed this kind of uh, candy carnage uh, perpetrated by a group. Candy groupthink? Yeah. I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen, uh, really like we all know that 11 year olds are inherently greedy, but that greed factor goes up by a factor of 
a hundred if they're in groups. And I've seen these groups sweep down onto a house and literally subdivide a huge dish of candy with their forearm and sweep half of the whole thing into a bag and run. Yeah. And I, so I, 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 maybe it is. And you didn't even need a control group to come up with this. Like these scientists did. No, I I mean, no double blind study. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's any different than like a birthday party and, you know, a pinata, I mean, yeah, I'm no, looking at this no and I'm different. going, it doesn't take Halloween to do this. If you've no. ever seen these little bastards at a birthday party with a pinata, <laughs> you know how vicious that can get. And they have a bat. That's the scary part. Seeing the Dude, kid with cake I on his face, young, like, I didn't get any cake. Right? <laughs> I was the lovable loser when I, I was like um, the guy from the Born Loser comic strip when I was little. <laughs> and I could never fucking win anything. And I remember one time. Um, in class, fourth grade, I busted a pinata, and I was so happy. And by the time mm-hmm. I got my mask off, because I was in a Darth Vader outfit with a blindfold around my mask, by the time <laughs> I got it off, the kids had trampled me and taken all the candy. So Aww. even though I busted a pinata, I didn't get any candy out of it. And I was like, I lose Aww. again. I was such an emo kid before there was emo. Dude, that's why no person <laughs> I know will ever in their right mind put a bowl of candy out like on their porch with a sign that says one or take one, please. Yeah. I'm like, that whole right. bowl's coming out yeah, with me. Luck. Forget that. Yeah, good luck with that one. <laughs> when I was in high school, me and my friends were little hooligans. And me and Alan and this guy, Steve Chavis, we were walking past a gas station. And don't ask me why. We had our Halloween bags, these little plastic bags we got from like the dollar store. And mm-hmm. don't ask me why. We stole, there was a, a fucking display of motor oil in front of this um, gas station. And we stole motor oil and put it in the bag. And through our adventures of collecting candy, the motor oil busted. A hole ripped in the bag from the motor oil saturating the bottom of the bag. And all our candy ended up in an oil slick on Grandview Avenue. So we were so (laughs) pissed off. And the only thing I had left was a nickel, right? Somebody had given out nickels for Halloween. So I had a nickel left that I was able to salvage out of this oil slick. And we tried to... um, Oh, what did they call it back then when you used to bag snatch off of kids? I guess we called it bag snatching. And there was like this eight-year-old kid that was walking alone, and me and my hooligan friends tried to steal his bag. And we actually lifted him off the ground trying to get the bag off him, and we couldn't. (laughs) And he got the bag and ran away, and all I had left was an oil-drenched nickel from this Halloween. I actually went home, and I put it on a piece of cardboard with a piece of tape, and I wrote, Halloween sucks. And I fucking framed it and hung it on my wall to remind me of what a fucking loser I was. And that's the most memorable Halloween I had as a kid. Dude, I had it so easy. My brother was six years older than me, and he was he his friends were a little older than him. My mother made him take me to out trick or treating, so that's exactly what they did. They bag snatched from a bunch of kids. They spent like fifteen minutes collecting candy from all the poor little kids that had gone out and candy hunted. And then they took me to play mailbox baseball. They splintered this freaking Louisville slugger, which they ended up signing, and we had in our garage forever. And they went roof surfing. And I don't know if you know what roof surfing is, but it's where one person gets on top of the car, grabs each side of the car with with one hand on each side, and then they find this straightaway and go as fast as they can. Scared the shit out of me, but it was actually one of the best Halloween. How I did ever any had. of us live cool. this age? Kids are idiots. Mm-hmm. Dude, yeah, <laughs> it was it was it was crazy. 
Hi, D. I saved the best for last. You want to give us the story of the jack-o'-lantern? Yes. Okay, so it used to be the, – the more interesting part is that people believed that jack-o'-lanterns would actually ward off evil spirits because what you would do is you would carve the scariest face you could into the pumpkin and then put a light inside it, which, of course, used to be a candle because that's all they had, or beef tallow and, you know, cotton wick, whatever, and keep that lit on your doorstep and that if demons or whatever came to your door, they would see this scary lit up face with, you know, eyes like demons and then they would run off. Now, the less interesting part is that it wasn't always pumpkins. Um, There was supposedly, and and this is the boring story, supposedly there was this guy that tricked the devil into paying for his drinks, and then he tricked him into getting an apple from a tree, so that way he couldn't take his soul, and so then people carved his face into, like, turnips or potatoes or whatever, and then they'd put them outside so that the devil wouldn't come get him. But the more interesting one is the first one. <laughs> that, um, no, it was supposed to be to ward off demons, because, of course, anybody who studies Halloween or loves Halloween knows that on All Hallows' Eve, the veil between the worlds is supposed to be at its thinnest so that was going to be the time when you had to worry about things coming over and if you had a jack-o'-lantern on your porch then you had no worry of anything trying to enter your home because they'd be frightened off by the scary lit up face and yeah and and of course jack-o'-lanterns now are like just art like it's it's all good like now you can do here's what i want to know i, I want to know if matt would be willing to go ahead and light a candle and put that in his pumpkin head and do a dance with that would you be willing to Does do that, that? Be a real candle because because you got fake candles. i mean yeah i'm 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 up to try anything once <laughs> just <laughs> once <laughs> twice if he likes Although it but probably just the once in this case with, with the uh I, I mean that could go south anyways but rather quickly in my in my case because of the amount of product i use in my hair i mean it, it could really yeah i mean have you, really you do have really? beautiful newscaster hair matt i, I was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 all right we've only got a few minutes left i want to get on to this we played some frederick julius which of course is your band and i feel like um your music yeah. project is very Beach Boys inspired. Am I hitting the nail on the head? Oh yeah, huge, uh, huge Brian Wilson uh, right fan. Total. I mean, that's how. That's kind of where my my brother and I learned to harmonize growing up is listening to all these old Beach Boys forty fives that my dad had around the house. So yeah, huge, huge influence. Nice. All right. And we're going to play some going out, but um, something I'm really interested in, and I chimed in on this yesterday. Tell us about your new project, Make Matt Sing, because I really think this is something that's going to take off. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, Make Matt, Make, Make Matt Sing is um, a thing we're launching on November 22nd, and we're kind of testing the waters out right now, but it's basically... Uh, you know, we're broadcasting through Facebook Live, and it's kind of a new iteration. My live comedy performances are all musical improv, and so this is a way we can that I can do that and kind of do like a live feedback loop. So when people type in com- 
type in suggestions to the comments, I just incorporate them immediately into the song in real time. So, um, oh, cool. yeah, we're, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Do you it. ever get stumped? Or do you have a backup plan if you're going to get stumped? I never have a backup plan. Um, and usually if it's something that I'm, like, completely unfamiliar with, uh, I'll just kind of dive in and hope that I'm, hope that I'm close anyway, you know? Well, I thought it was pretty brilliant, and I want to do some Make Matt Sing here. Um, Dee, do we have any kind of background music, or can you just do it freestyle, Matt? Yeah, man. I don't know if we've got any. Dee, do you have, like, the tin can music only on you, or? No, I could in, like, five minutes. Uh, okay, let's just do it freestyle-wise, because I asked all of the crew here, did you guys put together a topic for Matt to sing on, Odell, Fern? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, Matt, are you in the headspace? Are you ready to do some Make Matt Sing freestyle? Um, I'm in the headspace. Now, do, you, do I need to be looking at Facebook? Or are you guys just going to call them out? I'm just going to call them out. We're all going to call them out. I asked everybody to bring one to the table, and let's kind of end the show on this. Awesome, man. All right, let me know when you're ready, and I will call out the first subject matter. And I tried to, I'm trying to keep these all Halloween-related. Awesome. Cool. I'm I'm re- I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right. Okay, so first um first one, sorry we didn't have a beat. I guess I didn't think this through very well. The first one that I have is creepy clowns playing Pokemon Go. Hit it, Matt. Yeah. Creepy clowns playing Pokemon Go. It's Halloween 2016. Didn't you know? I got my red nose on. I got a knife and a shiv. I'm creeping up on behind you from behind the crib. Don't go near the public school because that's where I'm hanging out. I'm a creepy clown and I'm about to shout. I got my Pokemon Go coming out of my phone. I'm hunting Pokeballs and I will not come home. So if you see me out on Halloween night, I may be Pikachu, but be careful. I'll bite. Oh, wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, went over so much better than I was picturing in my head oh, without the so music. Good. I was like, damn, we didn't get any music. This is going to be hard for Matt. Holy shit, dude. You're fucking mind. My God. All right. Odell, let's see if you could stop yes. Matt. Now it's a challenge to me, right? Now it's like, man, I got to stop this guy. And this one, right. all right. And this one. And this one is scary. I mean, this is real scary. So imagine just Donald Trump and Tic Tac. Go. B to the O to the Neld with Trump. Man, your breath is stank, so you got to get a bump of little Tic Tac comes in boxes of 32. Pour it in your stank mouth, baby. What you got to <laughs> do? You ain't getting elected. The fall's coming off. Hillary's in the White House, and so we scoff at your hair coming down. You're totally profound. Your skin should be orange, but it turned out brown. Just take a little Tic Tac and put it in your throat. Your castle in the moat. You cannot float, and when Trump comes with you to breathe on you, you got to give him a tip tack That's what you got to do. Let's make America great again. Here's 16 tip tacks for your breast friend. If you got halitosis, you better come correct. Donald Trump tic tac going to break your neck. Block off. <laughs> I'm going to send that to Trump, yes. and the next rally he's going to give is going to be like, this Mac Eiler guy, he's not funny at all. He's he's, he's not funny. It's it's actually the worst comedian I ever heard. It's a terrible rap. But this guy, like, I, I think we got something here. All right. Do awesome. you have a topic? I know you were bouncing back and forth between a lot of them. Did you finally land on a topic for Matt? Oh, I just don't know. Do you want to keep it clean or keep it dirty, Matt? 
I got two. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to serve the show, so whatever you want to throw at me. <laughs> oh, see, I'm tossed between cold witch's tits or commando ghosts, and I will let you choose. Matt, How about that? Incorporate them both. I think I, I believe Matt on both levels. All right, let's do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, you know, Halloween, I never get tired of it, especially if I'm sucking on the cold witch's tit. You know, my grandpa used to say it's very cold out, colder than the witch's teeth, made me want to stand and shout. So I get my mouth around the areola, just a cold witch's tit, just like I told you. And so if you got some commander like a space ghost, I'm coming to your Halloween to roast some s'mores with the kitchen. You can't get me licking. The cold witch's tit is also finger licking. And so if you want to get some Halloween spirit, get down with the cold witch and lick the tit. Hear it. <laughs> that was beautiful. Wow. Oh, that was great. Episode like this. All right, that was great. That was a little creepy, somewhat gross, but you know, it's probably <laughs> it was a beautiful. See, no, mine is lame now. I just had the yodeling purple pickle man painting pumpkins. What did you just say? <laughs> a yodeling purple pickle man painting pumpkins. The purple pickle man. Painting pumpkins, just like you had yourself an apple dumpling, but we're not talking red, yellow, or orange. We're talking purple, motherfucker, so you got to get more. When I get the purple pickle man on out, he gets my wiener in the air, then I scream and shout, it's Halloween, motherfucker, so we're doing it right. I like that purple pickle eater every day and night, and when he stands at the foot of my bed and rubs my head, not the one above my shoulders, the one below, kid. Hey, I'm telling you, the purple pickle eater with the purple pickle. Pickle pickle with the purple pickle meter. That's a device that's used to gauge his success. And I don't want to bring it back to breath. But when you got a cold witch's tip with the purple pickle, then you got to get some Halloween. I'm a roaster on the front. You got to get with me, Chester Rosa, and a blunt. Purple, purple, pickle, purple, purple, pickle. I think, I think I, I think I just, uh, I think my lips just atrophied. It's like the balloon just We like, just brought the freak out, man. We the broke freak it. just came out. That is awesome. Yeah, that was Oh, my God. You, get, yeah. you guys have, have pulled off a rare feat, which is you, you paralyzed my lips. <laughs> <laughs> Your suggestions paralyze. I don't want to bring up these sorted paths, but yes. <laughs> I love. It. Uh, wow. I actually had All right. no people better place in the to house. End than that. We've already hit the nine o'clock mark. Yes. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for crossing over and doing all four of our shows. Where can everybody find you? Let everybody know when Make Matt Sings launches. Again, and um, everything else you've got coming up beyond that. Hey, man, the easiest place to, to find me is uh, com. I'm all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, at Matt Geiler. And, uh, yeah, Make Matt Sing, um, Live Musical Improv launches on Facebook Live November 22nd. Uh, this weekend I'm going to be in Denver performing with Wayne Brady, Parker, Colorado, uh, doing a benefit there. And, um and then, uh, then it's kind of into the holidays, man. But definitely the biggest thing on the horizon is uh, Make Matt Sing. Oh, and uh, if you want to check out The Adventures of Edison Matthew, that's my new children's book. Yes. Uh, you, can also, you can also check that out at mattguyler.com. Just click on the purple rhinoceros. 
<laughs> is nice. D banned from doing any suggestions when you launch on the 22nd? <laughs> What's that? Is D going to be banned from doing any suggestions? Is she like your pilot in the audience on that Seinfeld episode now? We can't let her know. On the contrary, D D is welcome at any or all of those live broadcasts to throw out any any and all equally disturbing suggestions. I, I welcome all of these inputs. <laughs> yeah, next D, will you be can some... wear that as a badge of there honor. You you next will be things that rhyme with orange. That, that's my next request. <laughs> things that rhymes with orange. So yeah. Nice. All righty, guys. Yeah, thank, I think... thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks, no man. problem, oh, Matt. I don't you. know where to go next. You've already done all four shows. Maybe we'll put together like a freestyle show or something in the future. There you go. All righty. Odell, Fern, you have any yeah. last minute? This is going to um, archive. I'm going to stick everything. I'm going to launch all three of these shows in the archive on Halloween Day on Monday. You guys have anything right. you want to tell the Halloween listeners who hear this on archive? Just, uh, happy Halloween. Stay safe. Uh, if a clown approaches you, just, you know. Kick him where the sun don't shine. And does when you kick him where the sun does shine, does he make that honking sound? I uh, could possibly. Because that would be hilariously violent. I'd like to. That see would that. be yeah. That would be. Fern, as and a mother of four, what do you have going on for Halloween? Oh, trick or treating, and um, possibly. Um, yeah, just trick-or-treating and trying to get everybody ready and out the door and back in and to school the next morning. But I was going to say the same thing. Uh, happy Halloween. Everybody stay safe. And if you do partake, then make sure you call you an Uber. Yes. Nice. Or if you have AAA, just say your car's broken down and ride home with the tow truck driver. I don't know if they do that. Well, will they do that? If you tell I them your car's broken down and you need a tow. Yeah, yeah they can, they'll take yeah. you to like a shop or something. Or see, if, my mind doesn't work like that. I don't. I, yeah, it just doesn't work like that. Always I never looking for of that. glitches in the system, right? Or Genius. if you haven't already, you can download the Lyft app. That's Lyft with a Y, and use code Tin Can to get a free ride. Ha, ha, ha. Nice. Hey Matt, yeah. do you there want you us go. to play? I'll ask you what I asked you on the first kettle of fish. Do you want us to play a uh, Frederick Julius song on the way out, or do you want to wrap us out to freedom? Uh, Matt has already left the building. Oh, Matt has left the building. Yes. Okay, well, then hit some more Frederick Julius. Right. Good night, guys. And my last Good word night. of the day is this. If it'll play. I don't think it will. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> there we go. 